left side ball up and caught. Is it inbounds? Yes! Touchdown Titans! Johnu Smith tips it to himself. What a play! There's a fight for it. Titan ball! Casey got it out! And Big Jeff at the bottom of the pile starts wrestling a raven and he wins! Yo, 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 what's going on? Welcome back to Titans Beat. It is, I guess, you know, I was slacking because I was on the road on Monday. So we'll say this is a postponed victory Monday. Let's break down our big win 27 to 3 over the Kansas City Chiefs. Who were in the play or in the Super Bowl last year? I mean, that's just I'm not over it. So we're definitely gonna talk about it. I've got Trey Wynn here with me again to come break down this game and give some insight on you know little tidbits that he noticed. And uh, and we're just gonna rock through it. So Trey, how are you doing today? Doing well. Yeah, still kind of feeling the it's nice to have two back-to-back victory Mondays, especially Bills and Chiefs. I'm a little yeah. bit shell-shocked for the sake of what happened Sunday, just like did this really happen? Like, obviously, yeah. <laughs> Mahomes looked pedestrian. Uh, I mean, just across the board. I kept I, I kept an eye on it because I was actually out with my kids, but we I, I rewatched it and uh, at at the time of I'm saying, you know, fourteen nothing first half, and all of a sudden 20, 20 what was it twenty four? You know, it, I'm like, and it was a shutout for the first well, the first half. Yeah, um, yeah. So nice, nice feeling, and especially. Yeah, I, I won't get into it now. I did want to talk about it at some point this craving for more national media attention, which has been yeah. all the rave. So we might get to that, but it's good to be here with you. And thank you for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for coming back. And we definitely want to talk about that as well. Buck Rising was talking about it on his show on 1045 um, Monday mm-hmm. as I was leaving Nashville. I was listening to Buck Rising as long as I could until I got out and back to Florida. But um, he was talking about that as well. So I definitely want to talk about that. But I, I think the stat line that shows, you know, what a domination this game was is Derrick Henry mm-hmm. had more passing touchdowns and a better passer rating than Patrick Mahomes on Sunday. Best QB rating of, of the day for any quarterback at one twenty seven. I'm like, let's go MVP. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like I what I love about our team and what I love about Mike Vrabel is he's like, oh, he hears the narrative. He acts like he doesn't hear it. He acts like he doesn't care. But he hears it, and you can mm-hmm. tell by some of the play calls. It's like, it's it's just a middle finger to to national media, to other teams, to whoever. Um, I mean, we came out in the the light blues with the navy pants last time we beat the Chiefs. We were wearing that. Like, it's just yep. everything is very intentional. It's subtle, but it's very very intentional. Now that touchdown pass was not so subtle, <laughs> mm-hmm. but I loved it. It was just you know y'all can say all you want, but now we've added another stat line that a running back should not have. Mm-hmm. How are you going to say he's not the best? So let's go ahead and talk about Derek. I I definitely think that, you know, the defense is what we need to talk about the most today. But I want to talk about Derek first because I've seen some mixed reactions to his game. Um, he had, what, 89 yards over 29 carries, which mm-hmm. people were, like, disappointed. <laughs> and, like, most running backs would be pretty, pretty excited about that day. And uh, especially with a win over a team like the Chiefs, who notorious is notorious for being a great offense and um, having a solid run defense as well. But this year they've struggled there. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, what you've seen from you know the Twitter and Facebook communities about Derrick Henry being disappointing on Sunday? Yeah, that's a, that's a little bit of an oxymoron for me because you look at the body of work. If it averages out, obviously, I mean, hell, last year whenever he got two thousand yards in that last game for going. 
250 yards. Like that's the kind of stuff that we just got to sit back and think this is not common. This is not an average thing. Right. Obviously this week, it's like the first couple of weeks that, and I think last week because we played Monday night and the FedEx ground, you know, voting happens on Sunday or they, they, they started on Sunday. Um, Here's the thing. I'm happy to have him have a lighter day, quote unquote. I know he still had 29 touches. Obviously, he's still active. He's getting, he just seems to be getting better and better in the receiving game. But when you're yeah. playing all three phases of the game well, and you don't have to have the one guy to do everything, obviously, AJ had a great day. Tannehill had a great day. Pruitt scoring like it was. And then I know we want to talk about Brett Kern and special teams. Fat Randy's coming in. Fat, we have a kicker. Yeah. We have a kicker. We have a kicker. So, I'm terrified to say that. I know, right? Like, I'm gonna knock on wood real quick. <laughs> <laughs> on wood. But I'm. I, right. But my takeaway, I, I know people want to see him be king. Like they want, they want that train to have as much steam going forward. However, at the end of the day, this is about the team. It's about the in, you know the unit as the Tennessee Titans. He can win all the accolades, and we can still get booted from the first round. I want him to be fresh. Later in the season, I'm not saying that they should sit here and start, you know, resting him or put him on a snap count. He's built to do it. But at the same time, when Tannehill can splice it up like that, AJ, I, th- I know AJ coming off this Chipotle <laughs> whole deal, you know, I think we're going to see AJ continue to get better and better, and for, especially for fantasy players. If you've got him, if you don't yeah. have him, trade for him because – when AJ gets going, and I think once the attention goes to AJ, it's all going to then open it up for Julio a little bit too. Yep. So I'm very pleased to be honest. So yeah, that's what I've been so excited to see. What I've been waiting on. The thing that people have to realize is we're walking into Week Eight. I mean, we're not even halfway through the season yet. Um, we're about there, but we're not even there. And um, so many people were impatient, wanting wanting Julio to make an immediate splash, wanting AJ to make an immediate splash because. Julio's here now, so why aren't you doing better? And and all of that, like, I think a lot of fans don't realize how important it is to settle and to get comfortable. I think what we're seeing now is that offense is comfortable. So like you're saying, when you have Julio and AJ and Ryan Tannehill and Michael Pruitt and all these guys having good days, Derek can chill out. But mm-hmm. I will say one thing I liked was that we had Derek out there on third down a few times. And mm-hmm. um I, I don't know if they heard us, you know, <laughs> they're like, you know what? We're tired of hearing y'all shit. We'll put them out here. <laughs> but um, that was good to see. I think we're going to see this offense really start gelling and getting comfortable with each other over the mm-hmm. next several weeks and walk it. That's what the first stretch of the season is for. Um, it's kind of what the preseason is for, but we wasted that in my opinion. But mm-hmm. this first stretch is definitely, you know, I think people are getting excited now because we did go and beat we, they were talking on uh, J. Martin Ramon. This is Mike Rabel's best week as a coach because mm-hmm. you go and make a statement against the Bills and then you can go make a really big statement against the Chiefs. He's got to be feeling good today. So yeah. I don't know. I'm excited because I think our offense finally is clicking and um, you didn't even feel you didn't even feel the fact that our offensive line is struggling. They only allowed one sack. Right. Another feather in so, the cap for them because, I mean, something yeah. too is Todd Downing is getting better uh, as far as play calling. Absolutely. The play action's working. That's the thing about Henry is you have that pawn on the field to be able to go draw linebackers and all of a sudden those drags and slants that AJ and Julio are so good at, it's it's yeah. there. And then obviously 
was within that red zone and Henry to be in the wildcat and just to throw it up to Michael Pruitt and, and get a touchdown. Like that's creative stuff that we're looking at. And of course the screens, like I love me some screens just because what I don't think the average person watches that game and sees happening is that if it's a slant or if it's those quick bubble screens on the outside, that defense has to take off one sideline just to yep. go back on the next play to the other sideline. That's how you wear people down. And then you got to tackle Derrick Henry. And then you have to worry right. about that all day long. So it's like a right. Yeah, Todd Downing. I think we got he got a lot of shit early on this year, which I think at the time it was due. But now that he's he done deserves. well, we, we yeah we got to give him some credit because, um, yeah, it's just notable and something I know we'll talk about defense is all these guys coming off the street and Greg Maben and other other players that came up and contributed and so lots lots to look at and be positive this week because it was just such a complete three phases of the game. Uh, for this team to come away with a big win over a, I mean, obviously, like you mentioned, going to the Super Bowl, the AFC champion, uh, Kansas City Chiefs. So great week for me, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And there, I mean, I know there are pieces of their roster that's really different. Like the offensive line is completely different. Um, I'm still surprised because for the most part, the skill players are the same. The defensive mm -hmm. players are the same. Like there's so many sections that we struggle against that's the same as the team that we've played in the past, but they didn't look together at all. So uh, something else I want to talk about is that atmosphere. I was there on Sunday and uh, I want to shout out the Titans really quick, like the organization. Um, my good friend, Stephanie Perkins is fan of the year. And uh, she, the reason she got nominated for fan of the year is because she created the safe space on Twitter as ladies of Titans Twitter, but she expanded it out to Facebook and Instagram and everything else. So it's just ladies of the Titans at this point. And um, they obviously embrace her. She's representing the Titans organization at the Super Bowl and everything, but they threw a tailgate for us and they let us go on the field and hold the Tennessee tough flag. I, I mean, it was just a really cool experience. Miss Amy came, the cheerleaders came by T-Rack came by. I mean, it was a really, really cool experience that just embracing women that love football and love this team. It's the first time I've ever seen anything like that. And um, I just wanted to give them a quick shout out. Um, yeah. I also want to shout out all the fans that were there on Sunday. Cause it was rocking. It was loud. Um, I think that, that surprised, I feel like that surprised the Chiefs that it was that loud because usually we're not like that. But the last couple of weeks, it's been different. The fan base mm -hmm. was getting energized along with the team, and it just keeps the team is feeding off of us and we're feeding off them. And it just is this awesome cycle to keep them hype and to keep us hype and, um, and make it hard for an opposing offense to come in and be able to hear anything. It, that makes more of an impact than people realize. But all the false starts, all the little like miscommunications, when you see somebody miss their route or, I mean, there was one pass that Travis Kelsey legit just didn't turn around. Mm -hmm. That's a noise thing. That's not, you know what I mean? So oh, yeah. shout out to the Titans fans. Cause y'all have been showing out. You've been showing up and showing out and it has been fun to go cheer these yeah. guys on with you guys. Yeah. I know last week too. Um, and I want to make mention of the, of the ladies of Titans Twitter. Cause I, 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 I love it. You know, um, but something that a lot of us were talking about last week on Twitter is getting season ticket members and helping people get face value tickets and yeah. in the stadium. So like, I feel like the team um, has created such a positive culture for fans to obviously come out, but even the city of Nashville, I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago of like when I was young living in Nashville and you knew the atmosphere when McNair and Eddie George and why and Ke you know, Kevin Dyson, People, it was a thing. It was a Sunday, hey, 
we're going to go to church and then we're going to go right to the, the stadium. Yeah. You know, and it's the thing. Then that's the thing. Jim Wyatt put up the stats of this week of the attendance and it was better than the Buffalo Bills game, which yeah. is like, okay, now we're on to something. But one thing I did love about Sunday on top of the Titans, the ladies of Titans Twitter is Carrie Romano announcing players for intros she killed it. Okay. I think she, she did. absolutely dunked on them because every single one, I'm like, all right, we got a full time job here for Carrie or what? Because that yeah. was incredible. Um, well, yeah, Carrie yeah. was in the running um, to be the new PA announcer. And I think, if anything, I think Sunday <laughs> kind of showed them they missed an opportunity because Carrie, Zach Girl Romero, she's amazing. She's one of the nicest people I've ever interacted with. I actually didn't get to meet her in person. I'm so sad, but I'm definitely going to have to meet her at some point because she did. I mean, she killed it. Yeah. So, and if she was the PA announcer, she'd be the first female in the NFL. I mean, so. I think you're onto something saying they might have missed a chance there because. We talked. We've talked about it in some Twitter spaces and just the diversity and the amount of people that we have in the Titans community. But for Amy Adams Strunk as the owner to just create that type of culture to embrace women, Stephanie Perkins, like so well deserved. Like it makes yeah. the home team proud just to be able to say like, not even just this idea of inclusion. It's like we are legitimately doing it. And especially yeah. for me as a girl, as a hashtag girl dad. It's awesome for me to be able like my my three-year-old daughter, we're sitting there just driving watching the game on YouTube TV and she's saying, Oh no, go Titans, like all, all of it. And I'm oh. like, it's it's just one of those yeah. things, you know. We, I've talked about it a little bit, but that hits a little bit yeah. home whenever it's not just a guy thing or a dad thing. It's like, hey, we yeah. can we can love this team because they're they're kicking ass for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I will we're gonna sit on this for just a second because y'all know that I have, I mean things like this and inclusion, especially women in sports, is very near and dear to my heart because I was uh, actually registered as the first female on a coaching on a football coaching staff um, back in 2015, 2016. Sorry. Um, I always get it confused. But that was like even just five years. It's such a difference in the way that, you know, football programs, whether it's college, high school or the NFL. I mean, look at the Bucks. Look at how diverse their coaching staff is like. There are women in high places. There are women that are referees. It's it's amazing to see. And as a woman that, as you know, when I was like five years old, I told my I told my grandfather I was like I'm going to play football. I'm going to be the first woman to play in the NFL. And obviously that didn't work out because my mm -hmm. parents were like uh, you can be a punter. It's like nope, I want to hit somebody. <laughs> but um, you know they didn't let me do that. They're like they didn't know I was going to be six two. So, <laughs> but. No, I love the game. I've loved the game my whole life. And something that is so fun to watch is like to hear about your daughter, hear about your youngest daughter, be excited about the team. Um, my niece is only four months old, but I've got her in Titans gear on Sundays and her mom hates it. But um, mm -hmm. she does it for me, you know, because she knows like at the end of the day, it's so important to let women know and like let everyone know that you have a place anywhere you want to be. So I love that the Titans organization has shown women that love and, and shown them that, you know, you belong here too. So um, it definitely like I, I I'm not like an emotional person, but I was definitely in my feelings on Sunday. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, there's pride. <laughs> it, was, it was overwhelming. Yeah, there's I mean, there's a lot to be proud of just because I think it's something for I think what people can look at and see, you know, from the outside perspective of things, and they're just doing that for the publicity. But then when you really see these women having relationships and there's a community there and it's a safe place, yeah. like you, you can't make that stuff if the Titans even like it was an again credit to Stephanie Perkins like it was an organic thing that you yeah. build it and they will come type of thing because I mean even yeah. at tailgates like I mean you see so many women coming out.
but it's no longer a thing. Like I know so many couples that come to these games, you know, uh, Todd Spurgeon and his wife, who's, you know, macho, you know, you know, Todd Spurgeon is macho man. Uh, he does an incredible impersonation of macho man, but him and his wife come yeah. out. Like I love seeing that kind of stuff, but no, I, I think yeah. that's, yeah, I, I can get on a rant about that kind of stuff just because it's not the average yeah. thing. And I think the Titans do such a great job of it. They did. And they didn't force it, like you said. So it definitely feels organic. So shout out to you guys. If you are, if anybody from the Titans organization is listening, we appreciate you. We love you. Absolutely. Stephanie, if you are listening, love you dearly. You deserve everything that you're receiving. So don't forget that. But let's get back to this game. I want to talk about special teams really quick. Um Brett Kern, man. Hey, I was getting so pissed every time I saw Brett Kern on some sort of reserve. I was like, Jesus Christ, like get it together. Can you come back? Um, and then for him to come back and have not one but two punts within the five, putting Patrick Mahomes where he has to get over 90 yards to go score and he couldn't do it. It was a way to come back. I, yeah, I would say that. He is, I mean, and I know we've knocked on wood about it, but just to see him in, uh, you know, I guess our official t- kicker now, Randy Bullock, is just, I mean, on the year, I think he's, I think he's missed one or two. I'm, I'm going to look up his stats real quick, but just for Kern to come off the bench, coming off of IR, obviously COVID and everything like that. I know last year that was a big thing of guys coming back and how are they going to respond. Didn't miss yeah. a beat, but let's see, Randy Bullock on the year. Hold on one second here. I'm sorry. I don't know if you saw um, while you're looking that up, Vincent tweeted. Um, he said at the game that a Chiefs fan was like, y'all really get this excited for a punter? And he said, <laughs> yeah, just, just wait. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he said he looked at him like, all right. I understand yeah. why. <laughs> so let's see here. 20, uh, tw- sorry, 2021 kicking for Randy Bull. Because fi- he's, fi- he's 13 for 15 right now. So he's 86%, which is a lot better than what we've had recently right but yeah i did, I did yeah, see v loves tweet about the about the that was so funny it's yeah. like it was the perfect gift for it too so if y'all don't know who we're talking about definitely go you just hop on titan twitter you'll find him real quick but um no that that was awesome and then i think something that i've harped on and i harped on all last year was um with special teams hunters and kickers have one job and they know that mm-hmm. like a receiver, they have to be able to run routes. They have to be able to get off of coverage. They have to be able to catch the ball. They have to be able to, you know, keep the ball and run after. Like, there's so many pieces to that. So when you mess up, like, you can point to several things with a punter or a kicker. It's like you literally get paid to do one thing and you can't do that. Why? So they get in their head. And if you've ever interacted with someone that was a special teams player, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, it's like their whole identity and worth as a football player is can they kick the ball? Can they make this field goal? And last year where we were and the year before we were changing out kickers so much, the Titans became that team that if you miss a field goal, you're gone. Yeah. So somebody that already has a complex about their ability to kick, which is most kickers. And then they know, okay, oh shit, the Titans signed me. And uh, if no I pressure. miss them out, I'm not getting paid. Yeah. No pressure. No pressure. Well, that's all the pressure in the world and they're going to miss. So right. it's good to see some consistency. It's good to see the Titans like, really embrace Randy because I think he's just he's like such a likable guy too he's just adorable um but and I know you don't want to call a football player adorable but I just did sorry Randy <laughs> um but I like him I like what he's doing and if he can stay consistent I think that's where we need to stay um no regardless of uh what is the guy that was our kicker before that's on IR Floman 
Yeah. No, uh, Fickens. Fickens is the guy. I was thinking about Fickens, Sam Fickens, Fickens, from last Fickens, year. Fickens. Yep. Yeah, I think Fickens, we have our Fickens. answer though, because I mean, he, he's yeah. been. I mean, eighty-six percent is, as far as I'm concerned, is can't get is, mad. Uh, yeah, you can't. You can't be upset with that because. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to finally, like, a, you know, tentatively knock on wood, put it to bed, just because now we're able. I think his his long for this season is fifty one yards. Like, let's just go. You know, uh, I know it was actually yeah. long, his long on Sunday was fifty one yards. So, yep. I feel like it's been a long yep. time since we've been able to rely on a kicker to go beyond the 30, 40, you know, uh, 30, 30 or forty yard range. So, um, yeah. one guy I did want to talk about, and I feel like every week we talk about this dude. Uh, he's well, one of several guys I feel like we talk about every week, but David Long Jr. Uh, obviously, he's racked up Monster. in the last three weeks. He's had, I think, Jacksonville, and then last week against the Bill had double digit sacks. Um, he had eight Sunday, but I, 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 was, yeah. I think we're all on the same page. He's the best linebacker on the roster right now, inside linebacker, yeah. but um, yeah. Dude's all over the place. I don't know if you want to jump into the full defensive conversation quite yet, but it just, yeah, let's do it. It's easy, so to, that's it's the first easy guy. to enjoy it. Yeah, that's the first guy I wanted to talk about as well. With, um, like you said, double-digit tackles in Jacksonville. He had eight on Sunday. Um, I can't remember what he had against the Bills. But um, he is just all over the place. Like, he is exactly what you want in that linebacker core. Because mm-hmm. he just creates chaos. And um, he's also so – what I love about so many of our guys is – they don't get national media attention. Like mm-hmm. when you play the chiefs, who do you hear about Frank Clark? You hear about Chris Jones. You hear about those guys. When you play the Titans, it's like, Oh, they have Danico Autry. They have Jeff Simmons. You don't even hear David mm-hmm. long. Mm-hmm. You know, they, Jay on Brown is hurt. You know, Rashawn Evans is eh. like, that's how they talk about it. Even so they don't, they don't even get their names right. You got Shannon right. Sharp calling Harold Landry, Greg Landry. Like, so that's what I love. Like, because they come out and uh, and they just all play with that underdog mentality. And I think they all feed off of it really well. And if you don't have that mentality, I don't think you fit in this locker room. I think we've yeah. seen that some of the guys that have left. Um, because as much as, you know, J.D. Clowney would probably like to say he has underdog mentality, he does not mm-hmm. at all. Um, so I think that's why you see players like that not do well here. Yeah. But David Long, like if I could give you a, a bunch of roses right now in person, I would because you deserve all of it. Yeah. Um, you are insane and keep doing what you're doing. Let's talk about Danico. I want to talk about Danico because I, I'm going to go ahead and give myself some credit. Out of everybody we signed, I was most excited about Danico. They were like, we don't know anything about Danico. First of all, how do you not know anything about Danico? He played in right. the We played him yep. twice a year. Um, and at the end of last year, he was heating up. Mm-hmm. So to see him come here, and I think the first couple of games, he still looks solid, but the last few weeks, it's just been like, He's everywhere too, and he is in the backfield every time you look up. So he had two sacks on Sunday. You pull it up here. I think he did. Danico did have two one. sacks. Yep, three solo Harold tackles one, as well. And then, yeah, and I can't remember where our fourth sack was. I think that might have been Bud. So yeah, Harold and Bud had had one individually. Uh, a total of nine quarterback hits, which. Yeah, Bud, Harold, uh, Danico had four himself. So it's like, and then uh, Ola had three by himself. No sacks, no actual yep. tackles. But I mean, and I think I think uh, not to interrupt you here, but I think Vrabel no, was good. talking about, um, you know, how much those types of pressures and those plays. Because I mean, there were several times on Sunday where it was if it's the one or the three or the five or seven technique guys just making that pocket 
as dysfunctional Smaller. and as crowded as possible. And that's why I think um, I know when Bud had his sack, which is great to see for him, just kind of getting that, getting warmed back up into what we know and we've seen Bud to be with the Steelers even. But um, yeah, it, it's always a good thing when you can drop you know six or seven guys or, or more in in coverage and then just have those four guys go. Uh, or three guys, even at times, it seemed like we could we had no issue. And I know, I know the one kicker for the or the I guess at the beginning of the year, the one question mark for the Chiefs was their offensive line. And mm-hmm. to see the Titans have that type of pressure, especially with the amount of sacks that we got after years of like we need a pass rusher, we we need a a guy. We finally have yeah. it. And it's like all right, we're here. Now we have four. Yeah, we have four that I feel really good about. So um, I will say, you know. Like I was saying earlier, we can definitely talk about the national media attention here if you want, because I don't like it. I don't like, I don't care. I don't care if you talk about us or not. Um, I actually would prefer you not because we play better that way. They like being the underdogs. That's what Vrabel, I think it's funny that Vrabel played for the Patriots, but he loves that underdog mentality in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Um, That that always makes me laugh, but they gave a little bit of credit to, uh, to Jeff. They gave a little bit of credit to Danico and to, to Harold slash Greg <laughs> or um, honor. If you want to go back to be like, uh, calling him at the right. draft. <laughs> right. Like Jesus, it's just the disrespect. But anyways, yeah, well, they gave a little bit as... of credit, but it was, it was all about what the chiefs did wrong. And I, I always think mm-hmm. that's interesting, but at the same time, I don't care. Yeah, no, that's, that's exactly where I'm at. I don't understand the Titans fans desire. Like this is who we are. Like we're a small market team. We are going to have to win the Super Bowl to have those types of conversations. And honestly, it's probably going to last half of a season because once we would win a, and this is all hypothetical, once we would win a Super Bowl, then we're the guys to get knocked off. And it's obviously difficult to repeat. So I, I, I don't know what people are expecting from national media. We're not the Cowboys. We're not going to be this, you know, the LA Rams this year, getting a lot of, a lot of conversation with Stafford being out there now. Let right. these teams, even the Bills, like these storied teams, we're still that stepchild that we were the Oilers. We moved to Nashville, and some people still don't know that. Like some people legitimately don't understand that we were a, a moved franchise from Houston. Yeah. It's like, well, we're here. And that's the thing. Right. I freaking love the, the reputation because we've done it almost at least once or twice a year for the last four years. But the, the Baltimore Ravens, you know, uh, what was a divisional where we went to Baltimore and beat them when John New got his butt cheek and bounds to score. Like, just we are heartbreakers. Like, I am so One cheek cool equals two feet. Yeah. And I mean, my thing is, awesome. is, is I'm so content with being that type of team that you can, you don't need to know our names. You don't need to know where we, we played in college. Like, we're like guys like AJ, I love it. Julio, I love it. Henry, I love it. But when our defense has a bunch of guys, that faceless type of defense, and then you have Kern, it's like, damn, this guy can kick. Like, no one needs to yeah. know who we are. Like, until right. we until, until we that win. clock hits zero. Right. Yep. And at the yeah. end of the day, if they want to talk about what's up with the Chiefs, go for it. But you now you know what's up with the Titans. Right. That's how I feel, too. It's like um... – Part of me wants that validation. But at the same time, I feel like every time we get that validation, we don't play well the next week. So I would rather them continue to talk about Because, I mean, there are issues they need to talk about with the Chiefs. There's something going on in that locker room. And we don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, that, so they have their issues they need to address. You're welcome for exposing it. Mm-hmm. That's all we did. 
So that's how I feel about it. You know, it's I always like when the players will tweet or you know put out there, you know, we're one and zero. Like that's I was in a Twitter space the other night talking about because people were talking about you know the Jets game. I said, why are you also talking about the Jets game? It doesn't matter. One and zero. And then on Tuesday, it's 0-0, and, and we're going to Indy. Like, mm-hmm. you ha- that's how a football coach thinks. That's how a football player thinks. That's how the front office is thinking. That's how y'all got to think, too, to keep your sanity. Um, because it's Tuesday now that we're recording this, and I'll drop this tonight. And, yeah, we're recapping the game, and I hope you guys enjoy reliving it. But Sunday doesn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. It's, next, it's the next game. It's time to go play again. So I think the more that Titans fans embrace that, the more um, stable your heart rate will probably be. That's just how I feel. <laughs> no doubt. I mean, I think I, I think I give myself Monday to that. celebrate or sulk. Yeah, I agree. And I, that, I I know people have joked about it on Twitter. We're gonna have a twenty four hour period, and then we're on to the next team. Yeah, it's just business. But I'm, I'm totally with yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's just like you know my background making me that way and you played so you probably have a similar thing but it's uh you get 24 hours to celebrate or sulk and then it's it's on to the next so um let's talk a little bit about i know we mentioned him aj brown had himself a day um Mm -hmm. i want to throw his stats out there eight for nine one touchdown 133 yards i mean (laughs) yeah that chipotle got him got him really running i guess but um that was his 10th game with over 100 yards, and he's in his third year. I mean, and when you look at the people that he's had to kind of split targets with, I mean, him and Corey were going back and forth for two years, and then uh, now he's splitting targets with Julio Jones, which arguably you would think that he would get more targets. But um, I don't know. It's exciting. I, I like what we're building on that offense. Like you're saying, I like that we have those superstars on offense. I also really like having a no-name defense that nobody cares about um, until, until they smack you in the mouth because that – this is the last thing I'll say about the defense. And then we've got to talk about where the Titans sit in the AFC because mm-hmm. that is an exciting conversation now because we'd be two top AFC teams or historically top AFC teams. Um, the thing I love about our defense and the, things, the thing that I've loved about the Titans culture since 1999 is that that's when I really started paying attention to football. I was four years old. So if you come and correct me and say that we did not start in 99, I will hit you like leave me alone uh (laughs) but we have always been that team that you're gonna feel us when you go home you're gonna Mm -hmm. go home banged up bruised maybe have a concussion you are gonna feel the tennessee titans every time you leave nissan or every time we head back home and y'all need to ask patrick mahomes how he's doing because I'm, i'm sure jeff's got a nice little bruise on his knee but i'm sure patrick mahomes neck feels a whole lot worse so you have nine hits on the quarterback, on a quarterback that's shifty, that really doesn't get hit that much. Right. Um, that, and they weren't light. They weren't. They weren't our DBs making those hits. They were our big three hundred pound guys hitting him hard. Mm-hmm. So, when you do that consistently, you get that reputation of, "Hey, I'm really not trying. I'm really not trying to get hit by Danico today." And that makes people think twice about how long they sit in the pocket or how what direction they go, or and it really. Football is more of a mental game than people give it credit for. If you get in somebody's head before you even step on the field, you've won the game. And if the Titans can keep hitting like that, that's going to happen. You're going to see, you're going to see quarterbacks respond that way. I know they're professional athletes. I know this is their job, but at the end of the day, it's their job. and It's how they make money. And they do think twice Mm -hmm. as much as they want to say, they don't think twice about hitting Derrick Henry. 
they think twice about it. You saw Chris Jones yeah. do that fake little rap rap. Like, what the hell was that? <laughs> I would have been clowning his ass in meetings this week. That would be on replay all over the facility. Like, bro, yeah. what are you doing? One thing that I, I love about the, the team in general, and this is something just to Mike Rabel's credit, like we were talking about earlier in, in this podcast, like the, the Navy or the, the Columbia blue and the Navy blue bottoms, like those type, that's the thing that's, that's what we wore the last time the Chiefs were at Nissan when we beat them. Even the 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 failed attempt at the Music City Miracle and that punt return, like it is such yep. a mental thing that if they can get in the head, take away some confidence. But even the defense, like it, it's they do such a good job. I'm thinking of the Nico Harold Jeff, and then obviously Ola or even Bud, like flying to the football. David Long yeah. Jr. Like even even as crazy as Rashawn can be and out of position at times, he is he has been consistently at the ball. And even yeah. too, like I did want to make mention for the defense. Like when we're looking at the stats from this last week, uh, obviously we talked about guys coming off the street, but but Dane Crookshank leading in tackles, like uh, Elijah Molden having some tackles as well. Let me get it pulled yeah. back up here. Um, and let's talk about Kevin Byard because. Yes. Dude had a slump last year, and it was a hard year. Yeah. Obviously, COVID. I think they had maybe their first or second child. Like, you know, it's not easy to, to, to be up all night feeding a baby then go to work the next day kind of thing. But KB is back. KB is in full form that we knew him. That got him as, in the form that got him his, his extension. Between interceptions, yep. the forced fumble, and I think two consecutive weeks now, like KB 31 – for mayor of Nashville, like he he's playing fantastic, and it's one of those things that I yeah. love. I what I love watching is him and Jeff Simmons leading the pregame, kind of giving giving speeches or whatever it is. Because every week KB says the same thing: it's not about them, it's about us, and it's that mentality of let let the media talk. You know, these guys read Twitter and they read all the headlines. Like, let these guys talk. This is about us. Because all that matters when you line up is the dude across from you and the dude beside you. And that's what I yep. love about Kevin Byard. But, yeah, I, I just think that the the no-name defense kind of vibe, like Greg Maben, Matthias uh, Farley coming off, like contributing, you know, and doing a pretty damn good job against what the, – the, the, I think Matt, the Madden curse is coming back for Pat Mahomes now, you know. It's, it's – yeah. Great, great Sunday for those guys, but I just love seeing, especially younger guys, Elijah Molden, David Long Jr., and Dane Crookshank all having eight tackles, a tackle for loss for for uh, for David Long. So I mean, it's just development of those players is, is looking really good, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The one gripe I still have with some of the decisions we made in the front office is I don't understand. And, that, and there's a couple names that come to my mind. Um, some of the DBs we let go, some of the corners specifically that we let go last year that were maybe not people that you think about. Like um, Ty Smith is somebody that played a lot of special teams but would come in and was a good next man up, you know. Mm -hmm. um, he's on a practice squad in Minnesota. I don't understand why he's not here because we mm -hmm. have no depth. Um, right now we're fine. It's week seven or week eight. Mm -hmm. We're walking into week eight. I don't like that. So mm -hmm. I like that we picked up Greg Maven. I know that was intentional because he does already know our defense because we're in the middle of the season. We have to think about the fact that what if somebody else, heaven forbid, gets hurt? What if, you know, somebody starts falling out of form? You got to have people to apply pressure. And uh, we went and paid Janoris Jenkins to come be a vet in the locker room a lot of money. 
And there's the guys that were older, like I'll say Ty, he's 27 or 28, which I know for a DB, I mean, you start going, mm, you know, it's, it's about that time he starts slowing down because he's going against 21, 22 year old receivers. But at the same time, if you're going to go pay for depth, and pay for veteran leadership, why not give it to somebody that was here for seven years? That, mm-hmm. That's something I won't understand. I, I don't, I still don't love the Janoris Jenkins move. Um, he still is not going to be called Jackrabbit by me. And uh, I hope he, <laughs> I hope that one day I get to, but right now he is not getting that credit. And um, in hindsight, I wish we would have either kept some of the guys that were more depth pieces, but were veteran leaders in that locker room, just or at least in that position group. Like, young guys can come in and learn from them, even if they're not a KB or Jeff Simmons. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. And I, here's my thought. Like I, I don't think you're wrong as far as death. I don't think it's an issue as far as with Christian Fulton planning on coming back, barring some setback. I think right. they're, they are going to John Robinson is going to make a trade before the deadline. I'm convinced of yeah. that. Like, each week that goes by and we see these these convincing back-to-back, I mean, not even just good wins. Like, these are two teams, and, and especially these AFC, AFC wins. The more time that goes by where this window is still there for the Super Bowl, it's now or never. And that's where I think John's got to figure out, like, do we wager future picks? Do we offer, you know, players on the roster right now where we might have a little bit more depth? I mean, if Josh Reynolds has any trade value, bye-bye. I mean, who, who whoever that after? guy is. Uh, first and foremost, definitely. I know, I know there's been a lot of talk about Xavier and Holden, uh, excuse me, Howard mm. uh, out of Miami. Is that, I'm not saying his name right. Am I brain farting here? Xavier. Xavier and Howard. Uh, yeah, cornerback yeah, for, yeah. for the Dolphins. But so they're looking for a third round pick for him. And at this point, given John Robinson's, you know, Iffy drafting. He's he's not an older guy. He's not due a ton of money. It's obviously with the with the way the, the payroll is right now, it's still going to be tight. But when you have guys and Saffold continues to get banged up, I mean, he's playing, he's finishing games. But then Ben Jones, we've talked about it. Like at some point in time, a lot of that big money on the offensive line, whether it's Lawan Saffold or Ben Jones, we're going to have to have either. You cut some of those guys loose and and find not even the same tier level players. Maybe take a couple guys step down and and pray for the best. But um, I I just sell that stuff because if they go after someone who's going to cost more money and then potentially have to be re-signed, is it going to be worth the the investment now to give up a draft pick when you could have a guy? You know, you wait you wait till the off season to bring in a cornerback through the draft, which I mean. Howard has been solid. Um, you put yeah. him and you put him and Christian Fulton on the edges. We're, we're we're doing pretty good, and obviously KB in the back and Crookshanks contributing. Elijah Molden. I think that's the Amani. one area. Yeah, Monty Hooker as well. And as more guys come back from from uh, injured reserve and and just off the injury list in general, I think I think that that's a guy I would love to see. There's other people out there that I haven't haven't done a ton of homework on. Um, and outside of that, I know people were, were pushing for Zach Ertz, so they were disappointed when he went to the, the Cardinals. I don't know if I don't know why we just don't crown Michael Pruitt as our guy, you know? Right. I'm so over it at this point. Like yeah. when we let him go, and he was on, I think he was on the Raiders uh, practice squad. I think um, he was out west somewhere. Yeah. Then when he got dropped, I know I've heard like J. Martin Ramon, Buck Rising, a couple of people have said, you know, like 
they um they wanted him to come back and be tight end one and i was on the same boat because i like anthony ferkser a lot i just think again michael pruitt is a uh it's a name you don't know and i think people know ferk a little bit more um so i i'm excited about him and i wish we would get over the zach Ertz thing um because mm-hmm. it is annoying yeah. It's like it's fine. Um I haven't looked at really any I haven't done any homework at all on potential trade options or, or anything like that. Um cuz I just it's not something that I'm very well versed in as far as like you know front office moves. Um I'm I'm better at looking at a person like you you send me somebody and go okay do they fit in what we've got going on? I can say yes or no. But I'm mm-hmm. not the one that's like oh this guy go after this guy. So um I don't know. I, I think you're right. I think John Robinson's going to have to make a move. It's just it's going to be interesting to see what it is. Yeah, and the deadline is is November second at four p.m. Eastern time. Might be something we talk about next week, or or if you and Joe and Al have uh, have that time for for this next uh, this week's other installation to preview the Colts. Um, but I think I think it is one of those things that I know we want to talk about AFC and and or the Titans yeah. line up there, but trade deadline. Always fun to see the drama of the day, and I think the Titans need to have at least maybe one or two potentially. I think it'll be a lot to get to, depending on what they're looking for. But um, yeah, I think cornerback's still one of those spots that we got to double down on if we're looking to go deep into the playoffs. Right, we got to be careful because it, there are teams that still have those explosive pieces, and now if we face the Chiefs, if we face the Bills, I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't. Well, we're gonna have to face somebody. Right. I don't think the Chiefs are making the playoffs at this point. Uh, that's that's my hot take of today. I think they're. I don't even think they're going to make it. Um, the Raiders, but, the Chargers. I mean, here, here's the yeah, thing. Yeah, the Ravens. It, it's getting crowded at the top as far as the AFC and just yeah. the, the league in general. But yeah, yeah, I can't make uh can't make too many can't make too many moves in that situation. So we definitely, like you were saying earlier, need to take advantage of that window. So um, and Trey had to hop out for a second, but what I'm going to hop on to until he can get back in here is where do we stand in the AFC? And um, now technically we, um, we would be a little bit more, I think, I mean, I think right now we're ranked number two, but I think when you start thinking about who's in that top piece, um, Cincinnati's not in that conversation. The chargers are obviously in that conversation. The Ravens, even though they did what they did against Cincinnati, I think they're still very much in that conversation too. So when I look at the teams that are at the top and the teams that we're going to have to play to make it to the Super Bowl, I'm starting to get like, because we've pissed off, like I was saying, we've pissed off the Bills, pissed off the Chiefs. The Ravens stay hating us, which, mm-hmm. I mean, fuck them. So that's <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> but um, it, I, the playoffs make me nervous because the AFC's tight. Yeah. No the doubt, yeah. very tight. Well, between the the thing about the Chargers, especially teams with like the Burrow, the Bengals, David Carr, I don't know if I'm buying the Raiders in the long term. I haven't really seen their schedule long term to see what they're going to be doing. But I feel like Burrow and Justin Herbert are two guys that you cannot sleep on. Um, I mean, some of the throws that Herbert makes, it's like you – you're not going to get that every single time. It's, and it's crazy to think about. I know Deshaun Watson being moved. It's been a huge topic right now with, you know, Tua and the fact that the Chargers or the, the Dolphins pass on Herbert for Tua and now he's, it's, it didn't go their way. Um, 
the Bills, I'm not I'm not gonna sleep on the Bills. I think as much mm-hmm. as we want to say that, you know, Jeff Simmons made a great play, that game was as tight as could be, and we very well could have lost that game. So glad it went our direction. Um yep. but yeah, I mean, overall, like if we're looking at the Browns, even what's up with Baker, are they gonna sit Baker for a while, let him get healthy? But the, the biggest concern for me, just because, like, we're talking about the Titans, nobody knows much on the Bengals. Like, and it's right. five and two. Five and two is great for any team. But let me look at their 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 record here. Lost to the Packers by three. Uh, lost to the, the Bears, which week two, you're still getting your, your wheels underneath you. We lost um, to the Jets. Yeah, but they've not, they've played the Lions, the Jags, and just beat, I mean, they just beat the Ravens pretty handily, 41 17. So, yeah, losing it's to the Packers the, by three is the one that I'm like. Yeah, because mm. because the Packers are hot right now, and, and Aaron Rodgers is Very. going full on Aaron Rodgers. But um, as yeah. long as we can, and this is the thing too, I, I find it funny that people are talking about like Dan Orlovsky with ESPN's talking about don't sleep on the Colts. It's like guys, stop. <laughs> I think we can Just sleep stop. on them now. <laughs> yeah, come on. This the AFC can. the AFC South is is locked up in my opinion. Not even just being a homer like. The bed's made. Let's just get to the dance, get there as healthy as possible because, yep. um, yeah, that's what I think, like you're saying, I think it's a great point you're making. Like there are so many teams that can hit us with a one-two punch of their own like and, and, and very well put us out, and we have to be able to come back with our own. Yeah, absolutely. So um, Titans fans, I mean, you, you can be excited right now. You can feel pretty good. I always say don't get too high or too low. You know, I – Again, give myself 24 hours after a game to be excited, and then I start leveling out. But when you look at just the the season in its entirety right now, um, what we're seeing is Todd Downing is comfortable. Our offense is getting comfortable as a unit. Our front seven is getting very comfortable on the defensive side of the ball. I still don't like Shane Bowen. So, I mean, y'all can be mad at me <laughs> for that if you want, but I still don't like him because we should be in a true 4-3. Jeffrey Simmons should be a three-tech, and I want to have that conversation with him one day. <laughs> To see if he agrees, <laughs> because I think he would be first team All Pro without a doubt if he was a fucking three tech. Tweet but at him, see what he says. Right, maybe he'll respond. Maybe one day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think uh, we can be excited. I think I'm going to continue to be cautiously optimistic until we are holding the Lombardi Trophy. So yeah, um, if you come here to feel good, that there's your pat on the back. That's all you're going to get from me. Right. Well, I will, I will say, like, we're talking about how, how tight the, the AFC is right now. Let me pull up the, the NFC. Because, obviously, the Cardinals, and that, that's the one thing for the Titans, aside from a out-of-character, it's an any-given-Sunday loss with the Jets. The Cardinals yeah. are as real as it gets. And, obviously, I know the Rams coming up, the NFC, they, they've got their hitters as well. And I think if we yeah. can go in – to this Sunday and handle the Colts well and, and, and have another, you know, convincing win and kind of surprise some people. I will not be completely shocked if we go out and, and beat the Rams uh, on the road. And I know historically speaking, the Titans don't travel out West very well. I remember right. this is, you know, four or five years ago now that we played with the Cardinals and then went to San Francisco and dropped them both under malarkey. So, um, yeah, like you said, we can be happy right now. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. This is still, it is still the NFL. And as cliche as some people might hear people, you know, variable say it's hard to win in this league. I know Malarkey was huge on that, but it's a, it's the fact. 
Um, it is. But I, I'm very optimistic for the sake of, of where the Titans are right now, and especially getting through the, the gauntlet of the schedule right now and, and seeing where we can go for sure. Yeah, I would say getting through Sunday was my biggest concern. Um, because if we lose to the Rams, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, just fundamentally, I will have a very hard time with it. Uh, I'll be real, y'all. My ex-boyfriend is a really big Rams fan, and, like, I just can't can't yeah. lose that just <laughs> personally. So at the Titans, like, y'all don't fucking drop the ball on that one <laughs> because I don't want to hear it. I will get a phone call, and I don't want that phone call. <laughs> but um, when you look at the rest of our schedule, it's the Colts. We've already beat them once. Feel pretty good about that. Mm-hmm. You got the Rams. Again, if we lose, it doesn't matter. The Saints. If we lose, it doesn't matter, but I don't think we will. Texans, Pats, Jags again, Steelers. I mean, 49ers, Dolphins, Texans. Like that's how that's the rest of our schedule. And that looks pretty uh pretty manageable. So well, statistically speaking, it's season, one of the easiest. It's one of the easiest schedules yes, remaining. So yes. So I, I feel pretty good about it. Again, don't want to get too high, don't want to get too low. But Titans fans, y'all can definitely be be optimistic, cautiously optimistic. That's what I would advise. I know you didn't come here for me to tell you how to live your life, but um, that's how I would live it <laughs> when it comes to the Titans. But Trey, we have been going on for almost an hour talking about this game, talking about where the Titans stand. It's exciting to have these conversations. Do you have any final thoughts or any any hot takes you want to throw in there? Um, I think Kevin Byard, uh, Jeff Simmons. I think there are several players defensively that we could be talking about Pro Bowls. Um, I'm going to put this out there probably prematurely. Um, David Long, if he continues to have, you know, seven, eight, nine, and then double digits, you know, tackles a week. Good old Greg Landry, too. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, a part of me, and obviously my name is spelled T-R-E-S, but I pronounce it Trey. So I kind of feel the pain of having to be like, nope, it's actually Trey. But for him to be able to go to a Pro Bowl and him to be leading in pressures and sacks, and I mean, so many statistics right now, it's like, Put some respect on the guy's name, but I love that I love the team that we have of shut up and show up and show out. Like that's yep. that's the bread and butter for me. Um, any other hot takes besides me? Like I said, I I won't be shocked if this team goes out west and beats the Rams. Uh, I don't know if it'll yeah. be. I'm, I'm assuming it'd be pretty tight if it does happen, but um, there's yeah. there's some fight in this team, so I'm I'm very very pleased with where the Titans are right now, and um, I'm expecting just for it to get better and better. Yeah, absolutely. Well, y'all, that's all we have for you. And I'll just leave you with tighten up. Let's go. Tighten up, y'all. Let's go.